Wonderful. Welcome to Thanksgiving Sunday. There's some band members who need seats. There's some great seats over here. Come band, come join us. If you're sitting at the back, um, wonderful. So uh, this morning, as you already know, I think we better break that off. It's going to take our camera with it. Um, as, as you know, today is uh, Thanksgiving Sunday, and as Kaniso already uh, urged us to, we, we are here to give thanks today. Amen. And uh, I know we've all got masks on except for me, and so it can feel subdued, but I hope that your heart can overcome the, the inhibitions of masks and things like that, because today is a really important day to honor God and to thank God, especially in a year like this year. Uh, we, so, we get so focused on kind of the challenges that we have, but God is faithful. Hallelujah. And so we have asked, uh, we've got a, a special guest today who's going to help us by singing a song of thanks. And so I'm Tor, I just want to uh, welcome you up. Let's, uh, let's greet him, Tor, uh, uh, with, with, with a clap. Where is he? He says, welcome better than me, huh? Umpete gashi umoyongweleng Umpete gashi umoyongweleng Umpete gashi umoyongweleng Umpete gashe wenangosiyam. Umpete gashe moyongwele. Ooh, umpete gashe moyongwele. Hey, umpete gashe moyongwele. Hallelujah. Oh! 
Hallelujah. I feel inspired to sing now, but I won't. <laughs> I'm told thanks for coming. You're welcome back anytime. Is he welcome back? Huh? Hallelujah. He didn't need that. <laughs> wonderful, wonderful. I want to uh, just, uh, Anne Waterson has often written a poem at this point of time in a year, and uh, her new husband whisked her away for a weekend, and so she decided to record her poem. And so we're going to have a poem of thanks right now from Anne. Sorry that we only have one screen working. Thanksgiving prayer. Let us give thanks today for God's almighty love as he has showered us with his blessings from heaven above. Throughout the COVID virus that has spread across the land, he has kept us safe and sound under his mighty hand. For the prayers that he has answered for our individual needs, he has heard us and listened and worked his mighty deeds. We thank you, God, for Jesus, our Saviour and our Priest. With his blood we were purchased and his mercies never cease. For families and friends and all that he provides, <clears throat> we are blessed without a doubt as he helps us on all sides. So we never stop praising and thanking our dear Lord for all his great mercies, whether big or small. For his word that we can reach each, read each and every day as the Holy Spirit guides us in his precious way. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I hope you're feeling inspired by Mto and by Anne. Uh, I'm going to be preaching a short message on the importance of remembering to remember. And, uh, and then you and I are going to take center stage. Quite literally, you're going to stand on the magic mat, every one of us in this room, and I'll explain that to you in just a moment. Uh, and you won't be singing a song, but you're going to be bringing uh, a word of thanks. Warren, you can sing. So, uh, but if you've got your Bibles, uh, we're going to turn to Joshua chapter 4, and I just want to preach a short message uh, from this passage 
for today, entitled Remember to Remember. Joshua chapter 4, the, the text will be on the, the screen, uh, and so I'll just begin right away. Joshua chapter 4, verses 1 to 8. When all the nation had finished passing over the Jordan, so they've uh, exited Egypt, they've been 40 years in the desert, in the wilderness, and they're about to enter the promised land. So this is this moment of entering the promised land, but there's a river between them and the promised land. When all the nation had finished passing over the Jordan, the Lord said to Joshua, take 12 men from the people, one uh, from each tribe, a man. And command them, saying, Take twelve stones from here, out of the midst of the Jordan, from the very place where the priests' feet stood firmly, and bring them over with you, and lay them down in the place where you're going to lodge tonight, the place where you're going to stay tonight, in the promised land on the other side of the Jordan. Then Joshua called the twelve men from the people of Israel, whom he had appointed, a man from each tribe, And Joshua said to them, pass on before the ark of the Lord your God in the midst of the Jordan and take up each of you a stone upon his shoulder according to the number of the tribes of the people of Israel that this may be a sign among you. When your children ask in time to come, what do those stones mean? So there's this pile of 12 massive stones And when your children ask you, what do those stones mean? Then you shall tell them that the waters of the Jordan were cut off before the ark of the covenant of the Lord. When it passed over the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off. If you remember the biblical account from just a chapter earlier, the Jordan River literally stood up in a wall of water. It says it piled up in a heap. Water doesn't pile up in heaps, but the water piled up in a heap and they crossed over on dry land. So tell your children what happened. So these stones shall be to the people of Israel a memorial, a reminder forever. And the people of Israel did just as Joshua commanded, and they took up 12 stones out of the midst of the Jordan, and the number to the number of, according to the number of the tribes of the people of Israel, just as the Lord told Joshua, they carried them over to the place where they lodged, and they laid them down there. Can you imagine the scene? You've got probably two and a half to three million people on the, uh, having just crossed through the Jordan River, which was at f- in flood at that particular time. And God had made this river, which was in flood, stand up in a wall of water, a heap, a pile of water that was piled up to the sky, Joshua 3.16 says. And this scene with water standing up like a mighty wall, uh, I can imagine fish. Can you see the fish kind of swimming, thinking, hey, I wanted to go there. And they just all the fish are looking at the Israelites, and all the Israelites are looking at the fish. Can you, can you picture it? Uh, this scene must have reminded them of what their parents said about when they went through the Red Sea. Because 40 years earlier, under Moses, the parents of these people who are now walking through the Jordan had gone through the Red Sea, and there were two walls of water. There was a wall on this side and on that side because it was a sea, whereas now there's a pile on one side because it's a river. And so this scene must have reminded them 
of that time, 40 years earlier, where God had exited them from Egypt and they entered into the wilderness on the way to the promised land. And God's people with Joshua on this day that we've just read about, they walked across the Jordan River on dry ground, the Bible says, into the promised land. Those people on that day, on a day which was really a crazy day, imagine that day, it must have been a crazy day, uh, they had heard previously stories of how God had protected and how God had provided and how God had intervened in special ways. They heard those stories, but on this day, in this moment, they experienced for themselves, God is the promise-keeping God. Because God had promised to Abraham, to Isaac, to Joseph, to, to Moses, and to Joshua that he was going to take them into the promised land. And now God had actually just done that. They had crossed into the promised land with this amazing miracle. So let's learn three things from this moment in, in Scripture. Firstly, faith comes with a challenge. But faith also has a helper, God. Faith, having faith, if you're, if you're a believer in Jesus this morning, you'll know that having faith can be a real challenge. Believing God can be a real challenge. I mean, we've just lived through 2020. We've nearly finished 2020. You don't need any confirmation that faith requires a, a, is a real challenge because this year has presented us with a myriad of different challenges. If we had every single person tell us their COVID-19 story, everyone would have some drama to tell us about challenge and the impact of COVID-19. Friends, just like you and I, the people that were standing on the banks of the Jordan River, they had come through a challenging period for their faith. It's not easy to have faith. We know as believers that we should have faith, but faith is not always easy. Am I right? Okay, two people. Am I right? It's not easy to have faith. Now, you've come through one challenging year. These people on the side of the Jordan River had come through 40 years of very challenging living in the wilderness, never knowing whether the next meal would come like God had promised or not. And after 40 years of a real challenge to their faith, they were in a place where I think many of them were probably struggling to believe in the promise-keeping God that they'd always heard about. Because for 40 years, all they'd seen was their parents' generation dying in the wilderness outside of the promised land. Faith is a real challenge. But because faith is a real challenge, what we need is faith. We need faith for when we can't see and we can't understand what's happening in our lives. Amen? That's when you need faith. You don't need faith when it's easy and you can see and everything's going smooth. You need faith when it's impossible to see what God's doing or when it's difficult to understand what God is doing. Faith is needed when we don't have present, tangible evidence of God's sovereign love for us. That's when you need faith. You need faith when you can't see it from what's around you or from what you're experiencing. That's when you need faith. Faith is for when we can't see. And this being weak, I think their faith was low. Because all they'd seen is parents dying. Parents dying. Parents dying in the wilderness. Is God really going to keep his promise? 
But on this day, God was going to do a remarkable, miraculous thing that was going to be a help to their faith. God was going to help them with their faith. And the whole point, Joshua 3.10 and 13, says that the whole point of the miracle that happened on this day with the water standing up in a big heap, the whole point of that was that God wanted to build their faith in Him. God wanted this generation to believe Him on that day. You see, God knows what's going to happen in the next year and the next few years for these people. You know the story. If you've read the book of Joshua, you know some of the story. They're standing on the banks of the river before they've gone in. We've just read what before, uh, after they went in. But before they, they, they've gone in, God knows they're going to cross the Jordan River on dry ground. God knows that just in a day or so's time, they're going to defeat a city by singing. They're going to defeat a city by praising God, and the walls of Jericho are going to fall down. That's not normally the way you win a battle. God knows that in just a few days after that, God is going to make the sun stop in the sky so that they can get a victory over their enemies. The day is going to just stop, and the sun won't go down until they've won the victory. God knows that He is going to fight for them, and they're going to displace all the people in the promised land because God fights on their behalf. So God knows what He's about to do, but on this day, He knew these people needed their faith to be strengthened. Amen. And so do you know what God does? God arranges the circumstances of these people's lives in such a way. He, 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 he makes sure that it's the time of flood for the Jordan, and He brings them to the Jordan at the time of flood, and God arranges all the circumstances of their life so that He has to do a miracle if they're going to get to the other side. You see, God could have brought them to the Jordan when it was the dry season, and you can just walk across it. If, if you, if you uh, Google images of the Jordan River, it's not that big when it's not in flood. So God, why don't you just bring us in the dry season? You see, God wanted, He arranged the times and the seasons and when they got to the edge of the promised land because He wanted to help them to have faith in Him for the future. He wanted a day that they could remember. And likewise, brothers and sisters, for you and me, God arranges the circumstances of our lives, yes, even things like COVID-19. He arranges the circumstances of our lives so that we will learn to trust Him, so that we will see Him more clearly and that we would trust Him more dearly. Amen? Because He is the faithful one. Our second point this morning is that we need to remember to remember. So we've already heard how God arranged all the circumstances of their lives, and He brought them to this point all for one reason, so that they would trust Him. Because God knows that we have a terrible habit of forgetting what He's done in our lives. Do you have this habit? Do you know, if, let's say this is something that you need God to do. On this side of needing God to do something, you're on your knees something, and he, you're so aware of God, you need God so much, then one day God does something and he intervenes for you and you, you just walk off. 
We've had people in this, meet, in, in this church, men's prayer meetings. They needed something in their life. They were there for almost a year. Thinking of a person. Was there for almost a year. Without fail. Wednesday morning. Wednesday morning. Wednesday morning. God miraculously delivered that person. Never seen them again on Wednesday morning. We have a habit, a very bad habit of forgetting very quickly what God's done. Jesus told the story of the lepers. You know that story where he heals 10 lepers. And how many came back? One. And Jesus even He knows, it's not that he doesn't know, he knows the other nine were healed. And he says, weren't the other nine healed? He knew they were healed. We have this terrible habit of forgetting, don't we? You know, I was thinking, it's like, have you ever uh, drawn, I'm not a very good drawer, not a very good singer, let's not carry on with that list. Have you ever drawn on the sand? You know, the, the, the tides got out and you draw, I love Nadine. On the sand or, or something. Oh, we married 25 years on uh, this week. And uh, so you draw, let's, let's stick with that theme. You draw a heart in the sand and you walk on and you come back and the tides come in and one wave just washes it away. It's like the things that God does in our lives are written in sand and then there's just another wave of life circumstances and it's like it's gone. You know what I mean? Even this year, God's done stuff in our lives, hasn't he? And before we know it, we just, we, we've moved on. Well, God knows that. And God actually warned these people that were standing on the banks of the Jordan. Uh, Moses preaches a mighty sermon. It's the whole book of Deuteronomy, essentially. Moses preaches this mighty sermon. And, and, and in chapter 8, which was about after four hours of preaching, I think, in, in chapter 8, this is what God says through Moses, uh, He says, I want you to make sure, take care that you don't forget me. When when you've eaten to your full, when your flocks and your herds are happy, and, and when you're in the promised land, don't forget me. Don't forget me thinking that you did this. Remember, I'm the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt. God, even before they got to the Jordan River, he knew, I know what you guys are like. Rick Road, God knows what we like. He knows that we easily forget. It's like we drew something in the sand and one wave of life washes in and it's like it never happened. Because God knows that that's what we like, He frequently in the Old Testament, He encourages His people to do at least three things. He sometimes tells them to build an altar that they can make a sacrifice on. And sometimes He tells them to make a memorial like these pile of stones And other times he tells them to, to, to have a feast or a festival, like the Feast of Unleavened Bread or the, the Passover, to, to have a special moment in the diary so that you'll remember what I've done for you. The purpose of all of those things is that he wants to give handles for the faith of his people that they will look back and they will remember who God is and what God has done. And they will have faith for the future because they remember he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And here in our passage, we see God doing exactly that. They pass, passing through the Jordan River. There's this miracle. There's this wall of fish, the first aquarium in the whole world. If you've been to the Cape Town Aquarium or Shaco Aquarium, it's nothing like that. There's this wall of water. All the fish are talking to you. They have this moment where they walk through. 
And God instructs each tribe to get a man. I don't think they got small men. And to put a, a rock on their shoulders and to make this pile, this monument of these 12 stones on the side of the river. And God tells them to do that for a very specific reason. That when they see that pile of stones, they will remember to remember. Say remember to remember. Say it like you mean it. Remember to remember. Tell your neighbor, hey, you, remember to remember. <laughs> they see this pile of stones. Who was here last Sunday morning? You remember this? <laughs> I fixed it. <laughs> Let's pretend that's the pile of stones because it's my only prop. They see the pile of stones and they'll remember to remember that stone came out of the bottom of the Jordan River. Actually, I know the guy who picked it out. We should go have a bride's place sometime and he can tell you the story. When they see the pile of stones, they were to remember to remember that God who promised to bring us into this promised land, he brought us into this promised land. So that God's past grace, what had happened in the past, would give them faith for the challenges that were still to come in the future. Can you see the connection? Remembering to remember joins the past with the future where you're going to need faith again. Looking back helps you to remember God's faithfulness in the past, which gives you faith for the future. And then there's one other reason. When they had that pile of stones, the passage says, your children will say, hey, Dad. What's that pile of stones about? And you say, ah, oh, have I not told you the story? That that stone was at the bottom of that river. No ways. Let me tell you the story. What was that about? Who's a parent here today? Put your hand up. No, no, no. I didn't say put it down. Your job is to pass faith to the next generation, amen? That's what's happening here. Your job, you can put your hands down. Oh, there were no obedient, oh, there were one or two obedient people. It was a test. They were meant to pass what they had learned about God to the next generation. They were, they were meant to show the next generation how to give honor to God, how to thank God. You know, the amazing thing about thanking God is when you thank God for something, when you remember to remember and you thank God, can you be proud and thankful at the same time? You can't thank God for something and be proud of it because you just thanked God for it. And so it's so good to remember that thankfulness is such an important part of serving God. It gives honor to God to whom all honor is due. Our loving Father, who's the source of all good, as Cindy said, our sovereign provider, protector, sustainer, deliverer, the only one who's worthy of our trust and our thanks. And when we give thanks, it not only gives glory to God, but it fuels our faith for the future. And lastly, when we give testimony, if you don't know Jesus yet this morning, no, we don't normally throw streamers. But you've come on an amazing morning to come. I'll tell you why. You're going to hear today that the God of the people of this church is not some figment of their imagination. 
that he is real. And he answers prayer. And he is faithful and just. And do we still have questions or challenges in our life? Absolutely. But our God, you're about to hear the stories of Rec Road Church. Because our God is faithful. And so when we remember to remember, it even shouts the glory of God to those who don't yet know him. So let's bring this to a close, and then you get to play your part this morning. How can we remember to remember? Well, firstly, I want to encourage you to not only do this once a year. This is, we don't have many traditions in this church, but this Sunday is up there with Christmas and Easter, okay? I want you to not wait for us to have a Thanksgiving Sunday, but I want to encourage you to remember to remember daily or weekly, to make it your priority to remember what God has done. And I think one of the good ways to do this is to journal, is to write down thankfulness to God, to, to make your own memorial. Uh, I've got a little blue book at the moment. Uh, when I run out of the journal, the next one will be whatever color, but at the moment it's blue. And that book is a memorial for me and my children of my faithful God. I want to encourage you. Do you write things down? Do you remember to remember what God has done? Another way that we remember to remember, the easiest way is in prayer. Hey, to come to God and to say, Lord, thank you. To think about what you're grateful for. Another way that we remember to remember is testimonies. And we're going to do that this morning. When, when we hear a testimony, someone is giving glory to what God has done, telling us of what he's done. What does that do to your faith? It gives glory to God, but it builds your faith. Because maybe what they've just spoken about is something you're still in. And that really encourages us. So how can we remember to remember? I want to encourage you to make a daily habit of praying, of journaling. And I pray that our Sundays will be much more filled with testimony. Give us a problem. Please give us a problem of not knowing what to do with all the testimonies and having to ask you, would you come next week? We had 20 this morning. You know, we need to stop the meeting. It's 2 o'clock. Okay? Give us a problem. Tell us your testimonies. Secondly, Tell stories of God's faithfulness to your kids. Amen? Pass on faith. Do that at the supper table. Spend time with one another and share the stories of God. And thirdly, exactly what we're doing this morning. Now, let me just clarify. I know that in America, that Thanksgiving on Thursday, I think it was, this has got nothing to do with that at all. It's got nothing to do with the fact that we had Canadians in this church or that we've had Americans in this church. This is just our way as a leadership of saying, let's have a memorial, a, a, a regular rhythm of remembering to remember. And so that is exactly what we're going to do today. And if this aside, and under your seat, there should be a, a piece of paper and a cokey pen. Uh, don't steal your neighbors, just keep looking. Under the streamer, there should be one for every person. Arm yourself. And uh, I'm going to give you some instructions on what to do. Luke, won't you just advance it, please? There we go. What I want you to do is to write a testimony. Don't, don't write just yet, because I want to I tell you what not to write. Okay, husband... If you got married in 1990 and you haven't told your wife that you love her since 1990, this is not the moment. Not the moment. If you just think 
that Rob Lamini is the best pastor ever. Sorry, just go tell him personally later, but this is not the moment, okay? If you think you've got the most amazing kid, did you get the picture? What we want to do is we want to make a memorial. We want to remember to remember about God. I don't want to hear about your dog. I want to hear about God. What has God done? Sorry, all these, whenever there's a notice like this, it's because it's all happened before. Okay? I want us to give testimonies about God. And so this is my suggestion as to how you're going to do that. We're all going to write a testimony. I'm going to read you mine in just a moment because I did mine beforehand. But on the first side, here's my first side, you're going to write a situation. This is what my situation was or this is what my challenge was. And the tough thing is that you've got to choose a thing. And I know that there'll be many things we could write, but I'm going to give you a moment to pray in just a moment. And I want to encourage you to think of, this is what my challenge was, and then you write it out. Should I read my challenge? This is my placard testimony. Now, what you're going to do is we're going to make a, a COVID-19 compliant line. Say, yes, we are. And, and, and you're going to come up onto the magic mat over here, and I'm going to move this out the way, and you're going to hold your, your, your testimony up, and I'll read it out loud so you don't have to speak in church. Isn't that cool? All you have to do is hold it out like this. You can even cover your face if you really want to. But hold it out, and then I'll read it. This is what my one was. In a year when I was supposed to take sabbatical leave after 17 years of ministry, COVID-19 hit. And with unprecedented challenges for me as a leader, through many brand new challenges and with almost no rest at it during the whole time, that was my challenge. Two, what did God do? This is what God did. But, I think a lot of these testimonies are going to start with but on the other side. But, my God sustained me. More than that, my God graciously gave me energy, insight, and innovation to lead this church during this remarkable season, and I believe God made me more productive as a leader than I've ever been before. I am overwhelmed by God's sustaining grace. Hallelujah. At that point, you're supposed to go crazy. You guys are slow this morning, huh? So what we're going to do is we're going to pause now. And I want you to think, I'm going to pray for you right now, and I want you to think. I don't want you to just think of the first thing, but I want you to pause and to think, God, what is the biggest thing that you have done for me? What was the biggest challenge? And God, what did you do? And how can I put that in a short sentence? And then what we're going to do is we're going to take turns to come up here, we'll make a line, we're actually going to have to, Keegan, we're going to have to make a line that people can, can get, get by down there. We're going to make a line up here, and we're going to give testimony to God. And as I read out people's testimonies, I want us to all celebrate and to whoopee and to praise God together with that person. And we're going to paint a glorious picture of the faithfulness of God this morning. Amen? Are you happy with that? Are you ready for that? Let me pray for you. Lord Jesus, I thank you that you know every person here this morning. You know exactly what they've been going through. Lord, you know the challenges and the situations that they've faced. And God, I thank you that in every one of them, you are faithful 
even where there's still questions or where it's still unclear or where there's still a wait and a delay for an answer to prayer, I thank you that in every one of our lives, you've already proved faithful. And Lord God, we pray, just agree in your heart with me, that you would get glorified as we make a memorial of our testimonies this morning. We ask that in Jesus' name. And so Holy Spirit, I pray that you'd help each one of us to capture, to remember, to remember so that our faith could be built up, so that you could be glorified. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.